You've seen this coneflower. If you live in H-Town, it helps with VD that you caught downtown. With echinacea, you could cease to smoke, treat a fever or an insect poke. To strengthen your spell, add this herb to your grigri. Or if you have a fever, dry this herb and make some hot tea. If you're having issues with your prostate, try echinacea. I hear that it works great. A favorite herb to have around. Its many benefits do abound. Greetings! Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is an occasionally comedic podcast about mysticism, the esoteric, magic, and I read a lot of poetry that I write here on this podcast. Welcome back. How have you been? I am very well. Thank you for asking. Why is it that when people say, I am well, it triggers me and makes me feel like that they think that they're better than me? (laughs) Oh, I have a few ideas why. It's called being human. What is it to be human? Sometimes I look at, or maybe it's being an addict, like, because I look at some people who don't get triggered by petty shit, and I think about my sponsor, like, she always, she's like, this is a petty disease. Like, you're, the disease of addiction is petty. It's like, I can get triggered by... I mean, just about anything, really, depending on the day. And even even when I'm staying on my P's and my Q's, I still can get triggered. It's like this, like, expectation that I have to have it all figured out or that I have to be perfect. And it's this interesting learning experience here being human that even being human is itself perfect that we are already that and that enlightenment is the realization of non-duality And points of tension come up for me, like when people come into the store and I say, hey, how's it going? And they say, I am well. And then I'm like, what do you think? You're better than me? (laughs) I mean, I work through it. It's not like it's not a fixed state of being like pettiness isn't a fixed state of being. It's. Um, But it is a a tide that comes through for me. We'll go more into this later. I'll do a little promo here now. Welcome again to A Thousand Serious Moves. Apparently, I also talk about recovery and addiction, which is interesting because in today's reading for 
the one of the 12 step programs of which I am a part uh, it talks about the spiritual awakening. So most 12 step programs have the 12 step. The step 12 is that like having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to da, 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 uh, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So the 12 step states that having worked the previous 11 steps, that we have now had a spiritual awakening. And on today's reading, it talks about for some of us, the spiritual awakening promised in the 12th step will result in a renewed interest in religion or mysticism. And even in one of the um, main texts of one of the primary 12-step programs, on the very first page it talks about um, the esoteric symbolism of the symbol for that 12-step program and how the 12 steps are an alchemical process of the refining of the soul and thinking about the 12 labors of Hercules and how the the path to improvement, the path to healing, the path to turning the lead into gold, that the 12 steps can be a mystical and magical journey as well which was really refreshing. This is not the promo I said I was going to do, but it's really refreshing to me having always been a seeker and a spiritually minded person that even when I was drinking and using drugs and using people, that I was still seeking the spirit that alcohol is a spirit, mushrooms are spirits. Is Adderall a spirit? Maybe I just wanted to get high, but think about, is not God referred to in the Bible as the most high? So was I not just seeking to get high as is our highest power? In Buddhism, I guess they talk about the hungry ghost, the one who is never satisfied. And I had a dream where my aunt and I were at the grocery store, and she was explaining to me that the mouth of an alcoholic is like a cave, and it craves sugar. It's like that sweetness. It's like a never-ending cave that, like, once I start seeking and obsessing and consuming and trying to fill this God-sized hole, it's like throwing everything down a bottomless pit that never gets filled. It never gets filled. It's never enough. If anything, it just ends up bringing more harm more guilt, more shame, more defects of character come up. I don't know how many of my listeners are in a 12-step program, but I'm all in. And so I'm on step seven right now, which is we humbly ask God to remove these defects of character. And so 
in order to have the higher power remove the defects of character, I must first become aware of the defects of character. Isn't that fun to have these shortcomings revealed to me? But these are things that I've carried with me throughout my whole life that have made me so uneasy and that made me feel like I needed to drink, binge, purge, use drugs, use men, steal, lie, cheat, manipulate. Because I didn't feel like I was enough. And that comes back to this idea of being human. It's like, what is it to just be human and to forgive myself for being human? Are we not fearfully and wonderfully made? Who is it that tells us that we are not, that we need something external? Or is that the game that we set up before we got here, that the divine contrives a situation, that we have contrived this situation wherein we appear to be lost in order that we may find that we were found all along? Speaking of the alchemical process, they say that enlightenment, gnosis, stable realization, is that the lead was gold all along. So could I just snap my fingers and behold, I am enlightened, yes. But what we call stable realization is a little bit different, and that takes work, apparently. I mean, the Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree. It didn't come to him like a lightning flash. He had a life of experience, and he sat there for a long amount of time with arrows being thrown at him. Or think about Jesus wandering through the desert, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and then that devilish figure, that accuser, Samael, Satan, Satan, saying, I shall give you all of these things if only you would, um, you know, bow down and worship me. Or whatever he said, eat some bread, who cares? And that's what's so cunning about the serpent is that it does speak truth, but it, it has an edge to it. It has, it has a bite to it. Because yes, if Jesus were to have eaten a piece of bread during his 40 days and 40 nights of wandering around in the wilderness, Nothing could separate him from the love of God. But the spiritual life is not a theory. It must be lived. And so we push 
ourselves forward. We push ourselves. Enlightenment doesn't just come by taking mushrooms poolside in Los Angeles, California. Or does it? I mean, who am I to judge, really? I mean, I've done, I've done plenty of psychedelics in pretty, plenty, plenty, plenty of pretty places. And I've done plenty of psychedelics in desolate, degrading places. Is not all the face of God? Is not all divine? Yes, but remember, to remember that. But even then, there were times where I rationalized and justified doing whatever I wanted, but I wasn't on any path except the one who is profane, the fool outside the temple. They wouldn't even let me in if I came knocking with a baggie full of dimethyltryptamine and said, I have the God molecule. And then there beheld I before my eyes, a animal headed Egyptian God that said, you shall not pass. Be gone, be gone, you who are profane. The spiritual life is not a theory. It must be lived. The 12 labors of Hercules, the trudging up the mountain of adversity. Where are my priorities? I ask myself if I could tattoo on my forehead the word discernment. Maybe I would. But every day I recall when I look in the mirror, not everything is as it seems. God help me. And now here I shall do some promotion. I have one more Magical Psalms booklet left. I'm getting more printed right now. So, but there is one that you can purchase from my Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash Henayel777. That's H-A-N-A-E-L 777. This categorized Psalms booklet is useful in helping in all sorts of manners of your life including protection from slander, protection from danger while traveling, healing if you have a fever, healing your bones, finding favor with your boss, attracting a lover, bringing in many more friends into your life, and even help with gardening. Yes, if you so wish to plant a vineyard, there are psalms that can be helpful for you and to bless your house as well. So check out my Etsy shop. The link is in the bio. And I shall soon be adding some crown of success oil, which I have made in accordance with proper protocol and have bottled on the full moon. And we'll soon be adding a come to me oil, which has also been made according to the art and science of the work. Thank you. And then lastly, if you would like to purchase purchase a, buy a 
book a tarot reading with me, you can do so at www.samantha.as.me. That's samantha.as.me. We can do this virtually, or if you live in Marfa, Texas, I can come to your home. And come see me at Ocotillo Botanica. This is unofficially sponsored by my place of work, Ocotillo Botanica in Marfa, Texas on Highland Avenue. I work on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Come by and say hi. If you listen to the podcast, shout it out and I'll give you a 20% discount on your purchase. Buy your candles, your oils, your holy waters, and so on. And now continuing on with this podcast. So I like to read poems that I write. And the other early morning, I awoke and could not sleep. And so I wrote some poems, which I shall read to you now. It's been pretty windy out here in far west Texas. And um, this poem had been brewing for a while. It's called Kicking Up Dust. Watch me get caught in a whirlwind. Watch me kick up dust, kick up dust, kick up dust. Watch me make a fuss while I read the Bible, speak the ineffable, and think about sex. Obsess over my ex or cross out his name, sweet Jesus. Watch me itch the scratch that I made. I think about you in a loop, pounding and pulling. Watch me erase what I wrote like I'm the creator. Forty days and thirty-nine nights is blasphemous. Hear me speak prophecy, heresy. Watch me bite my tongue, bide my time, and temper the flame. Watch me listen. Watch me move forward up the mountain of adversity with a superiority complex. Watch me get caught in the snare that I made, as if I love to be imprisoned, bought and sold for a $50 bill, 300 or what's in a number. While I interpret dreams for the Pharaoh, or finally surrender to the fact that, to the fact that I forgot to remember anything but you. In a way that that poem's about the obsession of the mind. And I was Rereading Meditations on the Tarot, A Journey into Christian Hermeticism. And it was talking about the magician card and work as play. And then having focused attention that's not the same as obsession. Like the difference between focused attention versus obsession Let's see what it says here. Learn at first concentration without effort. 
transform work into play, and make every yoke that you have accepted easy and every burden that you carry light. So it says here, a monk absorbed in prayer and an enraged bull are the one and the other concentrated. But the one is in the peace of contemplation whilst the other is carried away by rage. Strong passions, therefore, release themselves as high degrees of concentration. Thus gluttons, misers, arrogant people, and maniacs occasionally achieve a remarkable concentration. But truth to tell, it is not a matter of concentration, but rather obsession in connection with such people. So as a recovering drug addict, my mind loves to get caught in obsessions. It's like that grasping, that thinking that anything outside me is... That if if I if I can just if I can just uh, if I can just you know if I can if I you know just get if I could you know and then and then and then and then and then everything will be fine you know and then and then if I can just have it and if I can just hold it and then it's like and then I get it and then and then and then I and then I drop it and then I break it or or suddenly I don't want it anymore I like you piss me off and I like throw it back at you and I'm like I don't want this fucking thing like or it's like I get it and then like as soon as I get it then it's like I strangle it and it's like then I choke it and then it dies or like or like as soon as I try to get it in my hand it's like it's like it's sand running through my fingers it's like anything that is not God is that but is not God everything? I mean, is not that the paradox? Yes, but God might be in everything, but God is not that thing. You see, I could appreciate a delicious slice of pizza, but I'm not going to worship the pizza. The pizza is not going to solve my problems, but is an extension of the solution. You see, because I used to think that, well, if, if God contains the chaos, if chaos is also divine and is a necessary part of creation and destruction and creation and destruction and so on and so forth, then why not just choose the fertile soil that comes with destruction? But I didn't realize that before the soil becomes fertile and first it becomes dry because I've burnt everything down and fire is so hot and so dry and it spreads and consumes and cannot be quenched at a certain point. And so instead of doing some type of controlled burning, I just said, let's just burn it all down and let's have sex in the gutter. Just throw money at me and I'll be fine. I'll just snort a line and it'll be okay, you know? And like, this is God too, right? Like, like, isn't God the dead dog in the gutter? Like, that's me. Like, I'm that. Like, I'm God and God is here. And like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, but there is still a journey to go on because that's not, that's not the end goal. That's not the end goal, degradation. There's something about the cycle, the progress, the moving forward, the tempering of the flame. 
there's something about the refinement process. There's something about being entirely ready to have all these defects of character removed and to humble myself and ask God to remove them. There's something about waking up in the morning with peace in my heart. When I spent about 30-something years waking up in anxiety, did you know that it's possible to wake up in the morning and to say that this is the best day of my life and to mean it? Here's another poem I wrote. It's called Dis-Ease. There's a man knocking at my door and he smells like marijuana. It's 3 a.m. and I'm still alive, allegedly. Playtime is not just for children and fasting not just for adults. An archetypal figure is the hermit. I heard the lid open, pop, pause when agitated, disturbed so as to not distribute disturbation. I could help it if I wanted to accommodate any man or fuck any woman if people-pleasing weren't also a lie. Sure, I'd love to curse you, but I'm the one who invited you in. How raw to speak of jealousy when the only solution that comes easy is to forgive. But how much more exciting to tie knots and light candles. But to be honest with you, I'm better than that. So in that poem, I said, people pleasing is a lie. That's something that comes up a lot in 12-step work is a lot of people we find that I'm a people pleaser. I just, I just want to make other people happy. And it's almost like, oh, I'm like a martyr, right? Like, oh, I just, I just want to make other people happy. And then my sponsor pointed out to me that People-pleasing is a lie because you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. And it's like, and then what are the motives behind that to get people to like you? Because you need that? Because you need other people to like you. When I'm around other people who aren't in recovery or on some type of spiritual path, I'm grateful because it reminds me of how far I've come and how grateful I am that I have a program today. That I don't have to stay stuck in the lies 
and the accommodation of other people and trying to get other people's approval, validation, even judgment. Like I can release judgment today. Like anything that makes me feel uneasy, I can release. I can surrender. I can wrestle with it throughout the night, right? Like Jacob, remember from the Old Testament, whose name became Israel, who became the father of many nations, right? Who had the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob, who slept with a rock for his pillow and wrestled with God throughout the night. But then and when the sun rises, say, I will not let go until you have blessed me. I say that to God. I said, I will not leave until you have provided me with the solution because I don't have to carry this disease anymore. I don't have to live in fear anymore. I don't have to let other people's bullshit affect me anymore. I can turn it over. Here's another poem. It's called S-O-B-E-R. Something is happening. I'm laughing and I didn't even take a pill. I am in love without anything in my ass. Is this recovery a spiritual path to keep one foot grounded the other mid-air? If you fall, I will catch you. I am with you always to the ends of the earth. I abide in the beloved and nothing can separate me from the love of God. Everything I write is a love poem, and everything I see is a work of art. Even the dead dog in the gutter. For that was me, after all, looking for pearls of wisdom, pushing myself to the edge, such foolish behavior to judge myself for shots of vodka, chasing spirits with a God-sized hole. What if he doesn't like me? What if a million things like I stop blaming myself for everything, a heavy burden to meet expectations without acceptance and to forget that I am human? As I finally learn what that actually means, when I'd rather be a shut-in. But is that really a cure for disease? All I want is serenity, sobriety, and peace. Truly, God, would you grant me the wisdom? And here's another poem called Mystery of Mysteries. How could I say it better than David? I love the Lord, for he heard my cry before I cried. 
He held me in my mother's womb. Out of the abyss he did comfort me, and he will not forsake me even to death. I will not keep silent lest I be untrue to the generation following that I love you, for you have shown me marvelous loving kindness in a strong city with billboards trashing my mind, flashing lights, fortune and fame calling, and my heart does surely break in Babylon. But they wanted jokes mirth and laughter, but surely all I could do was weep in a fetal position when even the good drugs went bad. I went mad. How could I forget the Lord's song by self-obsession, letting it go? I'm not in a cult. I'm a solo practitioner, and now I realize I don't know anything. I'm obligated to no one but myself. And then I have a poem that I wrote this morning, this Sabbath day. And we'll dive into the herb echinacea. I guess we'll call this one DMT. I got a whiff of dimethyltryptamine this morning after prayers. I sit underneath the mimosa tree, singing, chanting, changing the air. I call on spirits and we conspire how to mend my heart. Remove all my shortcomings and remind me how grateful I am for my recovery. God grant me the serenity. I am powerless over other people. May I practice humility before I am humbled. I say I surrender over again. There's a little bit of God in everything, but the Empress is kind so long as you obey. What is your priority? Sending signals by word and deed, and remember the celebration when Tiamat defeated Marduk, when I used to be so concerned with chaos, hurricanes on level five drinking margaritas in a kiddie pool, or shooting Adderall at my ass. Givora. Restraint. I was mistaken by using logic to assume that God is in chaos, therefore chaos is God. That I could do whatever I want. But now, here on my e knees, all I plead is for mercy, deliver me, O bride of the dawn, light of the world, my redeemer. Redeem me from the oppression of man. From shadows grinning with pointed teeth, my heart bleeds. 
when I heard a comedian profess his love of God, I saw God there at the lantern, the back of a bar in Greenwich Village. I silently vowed to never drink again, and yet I kept drinking. A fish in water, an alcoholic craving sugar, a pound of flesh. I could have almost used a needle if I were envious enough, if someone had not been praying for me, ancestors and angels, I hear church bells ringing constantly. I, a stained glass figure, the light of God shining through me. I am your vessel. I'll say it again. I love you and I am so in love with the honeybee and he whom I cannot say. But when I blame others, I say it's really my problem. What is my part in the matter? When I remember the only person I can change is myself, and even with that, I need assistance. God help me. And now we have returned to our herb of the day, which is echinacea. Echinacea is one of my favorite herbs to have around. It kind of catches a lot of different things. The primary reason I started first working with this beloved purple coneflower is to stop smoking. I have used echinacea in a formula consisting of chamomile, and valerian as its counterparts or co-partners. So echinacea, chamomile, and valerian are three very potent herbs that are useful for quitting smoking. So when I've used all three of these herbs in their holy trinity together and have lit up a cigarette, I find that I can't even finish the cigarette. So if you wish to stop smoking and maybe you're doing the gum or you're on some type of program to quit, maybe consider adding echinacea into your formulary of grab bag of um, solutions. Echinacea, chamomile, and valerian are your friend. Echinacea is also, okay, I'm also, by the way, not a doctor, not an herbalist. I'm just reading information from books for you and then sharing with you my experience. So echinacea, this is from Herbally Yours by Penny C. Royale is one of the best cleansers of the lymphatic system, which I googled that the lymphatic system removes excess fluids from body tissue, helps with absorption absorption of fatty acids and transport of fats to the circulatory system and for the production of immune cells. So it's great for your immune system and also is great for treating a fever. If you have insect or snake bites, venereal disease helps with your prostate and then also to quit smoking. So it's a good one. Also, I found when I've got a cold or any type of like lung issues, if you're feeling like you have a, a cough or some inflammation in your lungs, consider adding echinacea to your herbal mm, arsenal. And also, again, remembering that it helps with venereal disease and your prostate and if you have a fever and a snake bite or an insect bite. So that's helpful to know. If, if it's 
an insect bite, you would rather than make a tea or consume the pill, you could crack like open up the tea bag or open up the pill and just make a poultice with the herb. Just mix it with some warm water and um, and then apply that over the insect bite to help it to heal. And from the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham, Echinacea was used by American Indians as an offering to ensure and strengthen spells. So I don't know if it's politically correct to say American Indians. I hear people say it. Native Americans and so on have utilized Echinacea to ensure and strengthen their spells. So if you're doing any type of spell work, just like how cayenne will speed along a spell, then Echinacea can help strengthen it. And so if you're like making a mojo bag or something like that, add a little echinacea in there to help strengthen it. And then you can also use it as an offering if you're doing any work with the land, particularly if you're in Texas, um, and particularly, particularly if you're in an area where echinacea grows naturally, like in Houston, as is described in this poem, which I shall now read here in a second. In the meantime, please share this podcast with your friends and subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Check out the links in the show notes to further support this podcast and your life. And here now is our poem, once again, dedicated to our beautiful friend, Echinacea. You've seen this coneflower if you live in H-Town. It helps with VD that you caught downtown. With echinacea, you could cease to smoke, treat a fever or an insect poke. To strengthen your spell, add this herb to your gree-gree. Or if you have a fever, dry this herb and make some hot tea. If you're having issues with your prostate, try echinacea. I hear that it works great. A favorite herb to have around. Its many benefits do abound.